Hey traders, David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Thursday, September 15, 2022. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? We got a lot of stuff going on. I'm going to show you a whole array of different things. And here's what it's centered around. It's centered around how the Trick, Trap, Fool, and Frustrate crew, also known as Trick and Company, tends to get the best of traders. When it looks like one thing is happening, you can look slightly over here and you notice, well, maybe not exactly, maybe something different is happening. And that's why we look at a multitude of charts and I'm going to show you something pretty cool in tonight's video. Let's start with the daily chart, what's jumping off the page at us. So we've got our trend line. It's our Irene number. In fact, it was Irene's new address. And finally today, they gave up the trend line. They closed below the trend line. They tried to stage a rescue operation once or twice today to no avail. And the end of the day, and that's what counts, it counts how they closed them. So at the end of the day, they closed below the trend line. But wait, there's more. And we'll get to that in a moment, but first, let's have a discussion about what's next. Remember, it's quadruple witching options expiration week, and this is going to tie into some of the other ways I'm going to show you how to look at this thing. Weird stuff happens during quadruple witching options expiration. We've already seen a whole host of weird stuff. If you're watching day-to-day and you're watching intraday, you've seen your fair share of weird stuff this week. So the first thing we're going to talk about the weird stuff leading into tomorrow is beware of. What do I mean by that? Beware of, and what we'll call it is, the flush and recovery. The gap down and reversal. Where could they go on the downside? They could go down to 385, even 383 if it's a bona fide flush. They can go higher than 385, but somewhere in that neighborhood could be seen and visited slash tested on Friday. There's a horizontal line in that zone. 385.15 is the calculator number. It's a give or take around 385. Sometimes they come up short. Other times they spike them. If they spike them, it's 383. Write that down. Put it on a sticky note. Now, here's what's more. I took the lines off because I need a clean slate. We've been talking about this trend line since the latter part of August as they were coming down. We drew in the trend line. We said they're likely to find some kind of support when you break. If you break the trend line, it opens up a new can of worms. Then they bounced. Okay, fair enough. But when they bounced and came back down, they created the head and shoulders pattern that we started talking about this week. First, it was a trend line connecting this low over here, and this was from... 617, June 17th, connecting it to this low on the 14th of July. But now that we have a bona fide head and shoulders pattern, we can make a slight adjustment. Now we're connecting the pivot from July 14th over here, not using the low pivot because this is where the neckline actually begins, and this is the left shoulder to the left of July 14th. If I draw it out, it looks like this. Here is your left shoulder. So this is really where the neckline begins on the head and shoulders. And guess what? It connects to 
the right shoulder formation over here. Now, the reason I bring that up is because technically that's where the head and shoulders pattern is. Now, they still closed below it today from an SPY perspective. And here we go. But wait, there's more. This is the daily chart of the ES futures contract. These charts tend to look slightly different than the SPY and the cash index. And here is your connection from the left shoulder point. Here's the neckline. Here's the right shoulder and the connection. And look where they're closing the day. It's about to close in a minute or two as I make this video around 4.15 in the afternoon. And look where they are. They're right on the neckline. So they ran a save or rescue operation at the end of the day. Now that's one thing. Remember, the flush and recovery. Let's say they flush them down tomorrow morning. However, then seem to find their way to another rescue operation and rally them back by the close to close back above this neckline. Or maybe they don't flush them at all. Maybe they just stay above the neckline and they go up tomorrow. Either way, the futures neckline from a technical perspective is holding. Most people aren't aware of both charts. Most will look at one or the other, and when there's a discrepancy, one or the other is going to take hold right now. We don't know which one. Did they rescue it, and will they not close below the neckline in the futures, continue up, and then in the SPY, we'll look at it and say, hey, they closed below there one day, and then they failed and went back up. That's on the table. How high back up? We don't know. It's a bounce in a downtrend. We're not getting into the where can they go situation. We're just talking about what it is right now. To be fair, we might as well bring up the cash index so we'll look at all three and the neckline in the cash index on the head and shoulders, we certainly closed below there today. Not we, but they. It's either going to be a quick rescue operation tomorrow or this has the potential to steamroll Irene's new address. By the way, in the course Lazy E-Mini Trader, I teach how to calculate the target on where these would go. Now, if this actually played out to the magnitude of what this head and shoulders pattern can play out, if it does trigger and it does play out, the actual target, and it doesn't have to be the bottom, but the actual target to completion if this were to take hold, and keep in mind, I'm gonna tell you a number, all of a sudden you're gonna think it's getting there next Wednesday, that's not the case. These things can take a long time to play out. They fight back, you have rip your face off rallies in the middle, by the time it plays out to completion, it's a long time into the future, it could be months down the line, it could be several, a lot of months down the line, but we're looking at something in the neighborhood, and just for argument's sake, we'll call it three and a quarter, give or take. And you heard that right, 325, give or take. It's actually a little bit lower than that, I believe. But keep in mind, that's a big if. A lot of these things fail. The market will go back up. The head and shoulders pattern is off the table. Not to say the market can't go down later, but we're not looking at the target or the head and shoulders pattern anymore. So you have to be aware of that type of scenario. Even if it fails, doesn't mean the market's gonna go right back up. It could still go back down, but the head and shoulders would be off the table. Now I'm gonna show you a little trick. You might wanna get out your sticky notes and then remember this and see what happened after the fact. I'm kinda giving you a little trick that works a lot of times 
and it should work relatively sooner than later if it's going to work. So let's say we got one of those flush down on Friday or even into next week. What's the near-term price target? Well, it's something around what I already told you about, but let me show you a kind of a funny way how to get there. Now, this is going to be one of those you got to be kidding me things, but you watch to see how it works if it works. So I put my cursor where the high is of the head, of the head and shoulders pattern. And I come all the way down to where the neckline is, and the cursor ends up going across to where? Right now, I'm right on 383. If I go down to the lower line, it's about 382, give or take, something in that neighborhood. So it's one of those be careful being short from a short-term basis below that number that will be under normal garden variety conditions if visited sooner than later. There's a couple of caveats here. So we're talking about over the next couple of trading sessions, if you see the market down around that 383 give or take area, guess what? You're likely to get some kind of at minimum of an intraday bounce back in the other direction. It should be intraday support. I've seen that phenomenon work over and over and over again. Not just on a daily chart, but a lot of different time frames. All charts act and react the same way. That's one of the tenets that I teach in the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader. Not only do I teach the fact that that is, but I teach how to apply it in real life situations. Notwithstanding all the stuff about failing or not failing at these lines, if just looking at the weekly chart, we're looking at it saying, hey, they came down, they made some kind of a bearish wedgish pattern right here. They're coming down again. These things take time. And once this breaks, the dam can open up and a whole new set of things going on take place. This is a weekly chart. These things take time. We haven't necessarily seen an acceleration in volume other than the one day this week where we had the tremendous woodshed type of day. But should we get a pickup in volume, look out below, there's going to be somewhat of a vacuum underneath the market. And by the way, just one more comment on this thing. If it fails, let's say they get back above the trend line and they start to rally. At some point, if traders begin to realize that the head and shoulders pattern is failing, you will see a tremendous amount of short covering take place. It will be a bona fide squeeze operation. You'll find the market at SPY 400 and then some in a flash. I would put all this stuff on a sticky note. I've read this book before. Let's check out inside the numbers. I think you ought to pay attention here because there's something that happens often that we were able to take advantage of this morning. It turned into a nice little juicy trade right out of the chute. Go with me on this. At zero dark 30, we had a tiny little DCB or dead cap bounce on our hand, very tiny. However, they've been making a bullish flaggish pattern all night. So that's of note early in the morning. It's quad witching options expiration week. Once again, weird stuff happens. I can't say it enough. We keep seeing it over and over again. That's why I can't say it enough. So let's get down to what matters, the numbers and stuff. In the last hour of trading yesterday, they made a slight new low flirting with the next number down. Not only does this leave some unfinished business, but it also gives us a clear line in the sand this morning. 391.12 is that line in the sand. If below not only opens the door for 390.85, which is just a stone's throw away, that was the unfinished business, but lower stuff if they're so inclined. 
it's a real-time type of call. For now, it's an awareness. If they do the push upward thing, staying above 394.65, write this down, keeps the door ajar for a run back to 396.20 area. We had some more stuff above that. We certainly didn't need it today. Let's scroll up, see what we have as the day starts to get fired up. This is important. The rising trend line this morning comes in around 393, give or take. If below yesterday's close at 394.60, the door is open for a test. Now, think about that for a second. Remember it. It's going to come back up again. Now we're getting close to the opening bell. Pay attention. 918. It looks like they're going to test the trend line around 393, give or take. Under normal garden variety quad witching options expiration conditions and in the spirit of a shakeout operation in both directions, they'll snap back at least one time. That's right. They'll snap back at least one time to where? At least 394 to 394.60, running a test of that area. Now, at this time, we don't know whether they'll be able to get above there, but what I'm saying is they'll run a snapback operation at least one time. Now, I can't just say it to everybody, buy it down there, because you have to be an experienced trader to understand if it's going to be wrong. Everything can be wrong. I don't want traders sitting in this thing. If they're going in the other direction, start breaking the lows, all they hear is it's going to snap back. It's going to snap back. It's going to snap back unless they're doing the other thing. It's a probabilities type of thing. So closing candles below yesterday's low takes the snapback situation off the table. Now, 932, right out of the gate. 392.85, just below the trend line, below 393, is our pivot for now. We think better in pictures, right of the vertical is today's activity. So we're looking at 393, 392.85. I know there's a lot of lines on the screen, but the fuchsia slash different color one is 392.85. Here's the opening print of the day, opening at 392.96, right pretty much on top of slash underneath the all-important 393. And there's your 394.65. They had the snapback operation as prescribed. They got above 395, made a run for 396 and change, couldn't get there. You'll see that number on the board later. It's all funny how this works. They'll at least run a snapback operation one time, quote unquote. By 942, our snapback situation is taking hold above 394.60 and the door begins to open for 396.20, but not all at once. They never got there. They got in between. Read the notes, pause the video, go back to the charts to double check the work. 950. 395.50 is likely the gateway to 396.20. What does that mean? That means 395.50 is overhead resistance. And there you have it. The lines moved up to 395.50. They spiked it. They put in a sign or signal of a trend change and came back down to what? The pivot, 392.85. Funny how that works. It pays to know your numbers. Pause the video, read the notes, go back to the chart to double check the work. You're gonna see a lot of stuff in here. It was a rather busy morning going back and forth in pinball formation, but I'm not gonna read them all to you in the interest of time. Those of you that are interested in reading them will do so at your own leisure. There is valuable information in here each and every day. There's something for everybody in here each and every day. That's the goal. About stocks on the move today, nothing happened. It was really quiet this morning. Wasn't a lot of stuff moving anything big. 
We had some stuff that were opportunities on the board, but nothing hit. The only one that did, but it was late in the day, is AR. We'll take a look at the chart, but nothing else hit its number. It's odd. It doesn't happen that much, but it does happen. Certainly, in between earnings season, it's going to happen from time to time. AR hit the number late in the day. Nobody's taken that trade. It was one of those, the manner in which they came close early, bounced away. Came closer later in the morning, bounced away, and then they dripped into it at the end of the day. The number's important. They just didn't do it in the manner in which it provided a bona fide trade. What's going on over in Camp IWM? Well, if there's any kind of signal whatsoever taken from another market, we know that the IWM is my favorite market-leading indicator And what you'll notice here is we had not necessarily strength per se, but there wasn't relative weakness against the SPY. There was relative strength, even though it was still down on the day, meaning the IWM was down less on the day than the S&P was. That's something of note. It's generally a puzzle piece. We put it on the table. Now, they're in a different position. They're not at or below the trend line like we are in the SPY. This is a different type of situation. If we want to be consistent, we move the trend line to depict the head and shoulders pattern we're talking about in the S&P. And here we have the same situation, only we're not below the trend line. So if there's a relative strength situation from the IWM against the S&P 500, we should take note because if this is telling us some of the things we talked about before about the failing of the head and shoulders pattern, All of a sudden, they rip it back in the other direction. Traders that are short have to cover. Buying begets buying. Pies in the face ensue, and the rest is history. I would say the IWM is something to watch. It's of note. It's weak below the moving averages. That's one thing. The moving averages, or the trend per se, is the dominant thing. But we have to look at the other stuff too. We have to be granular. We're taking cues from what the market is telling us And right now, the IWM is not telling us, and I repeat, not telling us there's an imminent meltdown. Doesn't mean it can't happen. It's just not telling us there's an imminent meltdown. That's what's happening right now. What about the Q people? So this one's interesting. I always love to see this stuff. It jumps right off the page at me. As soon as the chart populated, I see this immediately. My eye is trained. Here's the low from the other day on the 6th, 290.87. They were below it, but look what happened where they closed, 291.10. No accidents or coincidences. They're not ready to give up the ghost yet. Doesn't mean they can't gap down tomorrow. Doesn't mean they won't gap down tomorrow. But what I do is take notice of the things that do happen. I don't necessarily want to project things that may or may not happen. We're aware of all of them, but we can only really discuss in a factual format the things that did happen. And by the way, make mention of a couple of other things. How many times are they going to beat on that trend line? I said it this morning, posted it on Twitter. Come visit me on Twitter. I'm having fun posting on Twitter. I'm becoming a tweeting fool. The other thing we want to make mention of that I didn't before and I meant to is next week we have a bona fide Kabuki Theater Day or two days. So the Fed's going to meet on Tuesday. They culminate with an announcement on Wednesday of what they're going to do to interest rates, raise them 75 basis points, a full point. We don't know. That's being discussed. doesn't really matter in the big scheme of things. It's how the market takes whatever they do and whatever they say, and the market's going to do what it's going to do. But we'll probably get into a scenario where we're, quote unquote, and these are air quotes, waiting on the Fed next week, at least up until Wednesday afternoon. 
maybe some whipsaw on Monday, a little bit of shenanigans, and then all of a sudden Tuesday morning we'll have a rush hour, market will go to sleep until Wednesday afternoon. That's kind of the Fed week slash kabuki schematic. What about the folks down at the transportation department? Anything new here? Well, they put in that tail candle in the middle of nowhere yesterday, did not make a new low today. That's interesting. So again, my second favorite market leading indicator, but a number one canary in the coal mine. Down 1% today, so it's in between the IWM and the S&P. But what's interesting is no new low. No new low today in the IWM, but there is a low in the S&P. I find this interesting. It's a puzzle piece. It's on the table. Put it on a sticky note. Why didn't they make a new low? If it's a canary in the coal mine, and it's generally going to melt down first in the market meltdown situation, then how come they're not melting down? I mean, they've already melted down. We know that, but I'm saying over the last, like, few hours. Why is that? It's a legitimate question that we're likely to find out tomorrow. How about the XLF? Same routine. No new low. Hanging around the trend lines, the convergence of the trend lines, closed below but tried to fight them earlier in the day. They're in no man's land. We don't know whether this is going to go up, down, sideways, all around, backwards or forwards. But what we do know is it was flat today, up six cents. Why is that? Remember, without the financials melting down, it's unlikely you're going to get a broad-based market meltdown. They could start tomorrow, start next week, but today they're not melting down. We have to take note of all these things. And when you stitch it together, the XLF, the Qs closing above yesterday's low, the folks down at the transportation department not making a new low, the potential for tricking company to have a flush and recovery tomorrow, you never know. The trend line in the future is not necessarily below the neckline. All those things thrown into the pot together, you mix it up, and what do you come out with? The $64,000 question that'll be answered tomorrow. But this is how we piece it all together. I look around the horn, I look at everything I can possibly look at that I believe is meaningful to what my work is comprised of, and I come out with this. Watch out for a flush and recovery, but we're aware that they can flush them and watch out for just a garden variety rally tomorrow. Anything is possible. Quadruple witching options expiration week. Weird stuff happens. Be on guard. We know the thing. If they're trending down tomorrow, we know where the targets are. I've already explained it. If they're rallying, we know that the trend line is an important thing. If they're above it, they can rally. And also, you can all of a sudden get a spark for a squeeze operation. Below the trend line, they can flutter around and they can sell at any time. So you have a benchmark. You have a guideline per se. And then we take a look at Smash Mouth, which is a pretty good proxy for the tech space as a whole, and they did make a new low today. So there's nothing definitive because there's a lot of other stuff going on. There's a lot of divergences in that a lot of different markets are doing different things. They're in different positions on the chart. Some are signaling lower, some are not signaling lower, and that's why we take it one day at a time, one candlestick at a time, and we do the best analysis given the information that we have. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not even possible. That is true and accurate information. We're pulling the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense 
market analysis.